Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I'm very grateful for each and every single person who chooses to listen to this, whether it's one person, whether it's 10 people, whether it's 100 people, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just very grateful for each and every single one of you. I apologize for the inconsistency in my episodes as school and working and everything in my life is kind of just piled up and this is something that I'm feeling like I'm starting to neglect. However, this is something that I still would like to continue doing because I feel as though this allows me to learn about different things that I'm very interested in and it allows for listeners to learn about something new that they might not know previously. So I would definitely like to continue doing this and I would definitely like to be as consistent as I possibly can with this. So to jump into today's episode, I would like to start it off with a quote. At 70, you are but a child. At 80, you are merely a youth. At 90, if your ancestors have not invited you to heaven, ask them to wait until you're 100. Even then, you might consider. And this is a very interesting quote because a lot of the time we often hear people passing away at the ages of 70, 80, 90, 100. So for today's episode, there is a specific group of people that I would like to speak about, a specific culture in which these group of people have these philosophies toward life that allow them to live longer than the average person. And these people live on the island of Okinawa, which is off of the coast of Japan, and it contains the oldest living people. And the people in Okinawa generally live anywhere between 85 and 95 years old, whereas people in the United States generally live from 70 to 75 years old, and that's nearly a 20-year gap. And even the people who do live on the islands of Okinawa, they still have the spirit of a youth, and they still have their livelihood, whereas even people in the United States who are in their 50s and their 60s appear to have lost all forms of life that have once encompassed them and have once fulfilled their youth. And some of the reasons that people in the United States tend to age more rapidly than people in these indigenous countries is because of probably processed foods, stress, technology, everything that encompasses the American lifestyle that we are all so accompanied by and so used to being around. And additionally, many people who are who live on this island live for over 100 years old. As a matter of fact, there are, for every 1,000 people, there are 25 people who are over the age of 100 years old in this island. And that goes to show how much longevity this island has in itself. And even the eldest people are considered healthy and have physical and mental and intellectual capacity to live on their own independently. So aside from the nutrient-rich, simple living, subtropic temperatures that the Okinawans live with, researchers who study the Okinawans believe it is their ikigai that shapes their longevity. Now, some of you might be asking, what is ikigai in the first place? Ikigai is the philosophy in which the Okinawans live by. And to translate this, 
we can break it down into two parts. So the first part, iki, I-K-I, means to live. And gai, G-A-I, means reason. So the translation for that is having your reason to live. And the Okinawans are very in touch for their reason, for their purpose of living. And they live through this. And in today's episode, my goal is to teach and provide information on how the Okinawans live a long and happy life. So the first principle, there's 10 principles that encompass the Ikigai. And the first one is to follow your Ikigai. And this is your reason to get up in the morning. This is your purpose in life. This is who it is you are destined to become. And even if you don't have a purpose in life, even if you don't understand fully what it is your purpose in life entails, that's okay. As long as you are consistently pursuing the things that you are interested in and consistently pursuing things that might guide you in the right direction toward finding your ikigai. And many Okinawans have discovered this and have a reason or purpose of which they live. Most people are very confused, living for others, and not being mindful about their own deepest desires. However, the Okinawans are very in touch with their own desires and their own purpose for living, and they live their life accordingly. And there's four principles to Ikigai that can be based off of four questions. The first one is, what do I love to do? The second is, what am I good at? The third is, what does the world need? And the fourth is, what can I be paid for? Personal happiness relies much more than getting just a paycheck. However, doing things only you love and or are good at is not enough to sustain yourself financially unless you figure out how you can get paid. And many stress that we experience throughout our days, throughout our lives, is be directly correlated with the amount of money we make. And of course, we don't want to prioritize making money as our number one objective in life. However, when one doesn't have enough money in their life, that can create an immense amount of stress and an immense amount of anxiety can ultimately lead a life toward depression. And Ikigai lines up these four questions to create a purposeful and more fulfilling life for oneself. And according to psychology today, individuals who have a reason to live, who have a purpose to live, typically live longer than others. So number two in some of the principles that encompass the Ikigai is to take it slow. And Okinawans are known for slow living. And a slower approach toward your life provides a chance to be more present. And of course, presence allows for you to be more grateful about the things that you have in your life. And it allows you to stop this ever moving life and just like appreciate and be grateful for the things that are in front of you. So people in Okinawa are passionate about what it is they do and they have their ikigai and they don't take it too seriously because when they do take it too seriously, this is when stress begins to develop. And modern society is inundated with technology and innovation and we forget the essence of being a person, the essence of having purpose in your life and the essence of having passion in your life. We often prioritize this technology and innovation and forward moving and forget what it is that grounds us and we forget the things that we're passionate about and 
Okinawans prioritize community. They prioritize a well-balanced diet. They prioritize dance and celebration as a part of everyday life. And so a slower life means taking time to wake up, not rushing. Take time to be present in what you're doing and to appreciate the outdoors, focused on your loved ones, and just appreciating the life around you. And so creating a slower life might mean putting the phone down, might be closing your laptop, and it might just mean going outside, putting your feet in the grass, and smelling the fresh air that's around you. And that's so important in having presence in one life. And slowing down is a conscious choice, but it's not an easy choice. And this leads to greater appreciation for life and a greater level of happiness. The third principle in which the ikigai lives by is to not fill your stomach. Now, this might sound silly, however, this simple approach in not filling your stomach allows you to be more present with the food that you're eating, and it allows your food to be digested at an appropriate rate. And mortality rate from cardiovascular disease is the lowest in Japan because the diet in which they have plays a major role in this. Some of the foods that the Okinawans eat contains fruit, vegetables, green tea, peppers, soy sprouts, seaweed, tofu, bitter melon, and miso. However, they rarely eat sugar, but if they do, they eat cane sugar. And one of the more important things that the Okinawans live by when they eat is they average anywhere between 1,700 and 1,900 calories, whereas Americans we generally eat 2,200 and 3,300 calories. And that might explain the obesity epidemic that we might be facing today, the cardiovascular diseases that we might be facing, and overall illness that our country is facing because of not only our relationship to food, but because of what is specifically in our food. And the Okinawans practice this Confucian philosophy which is called harahachi-bu, and that means to eat until 80% full. And the difference in language is that Americans, we eat until we're full. However, the Okinawans eat until they are no longer hungry. So having this mindfulness approach toward eating and calorie restriction is one of the reasons why there are more centenarians in Okinawa as opposed to the United States. And for those who are unaware of what centenarian means, it means that somebody who lives over the age of 100. So some of the ways in which you can start by being mindful of what you eat is eating slower. And when you eat faster, you generally tend to eat more. And by eating faster, your body is typically slowing down because it's taking more time to metabolize and process the food that you're eating however when you eat slower your body is taking less time in digesting the food and using it for energy and it's just not sitting in you and not being used so when you eat slower your body is essentially being tricked into thinking that you are more full than you actually are And another practice in which you can be more mindful about what you eat is focus on the food, focusing on what it is you're eating in particular and being present while you're eating. So if you are eating food that is nutritious for your body and food that can be used for energy, 
it's important to be present and acknowledge and give thanks to this food that is allowing you to create fuel from it. And when you're not eating healthfully, when you are eating junk food and things of that nature, it's important to acknowledge this and be mindful of that as well. So another thing you can do to be more mindful about what you eat is to have smaller portions and have smaller plates because this creates the illusion that you're eating more than you actually are. And your mind gets tricked into thinking you have more on your plate as opposed to if you were to have a bigger plate and less food. So the fourth principle of Ikigai is to surround yourself with good friends. And meeting with friends on a daily basis is a very important practice in Okinawa. And the Okinawans call these groups the Moai. They originated hundreds of years ago, and it translates to villagers who support the system, and they're formed to have a pool of resources. So, for example, if I grew strawberries on my field, and you grew broccoli, and somebody else grew potatoes, and somebody else had cows, we would all pitch into this community support system and trade common goods and support each other in living a healthy and life filled with richness and longevity. And the idea of the Moai has expanded into a social support group where people come together to give thanks to their ancestors, give thanks to the present moment, to give thanks to each and every single person in the Moai and have a celebration of life. And children would form a pact for life upholding their moai. Families would meet regularly, and even some moais would be together for over 90 years. And this is possible because the life of an Okinawan has been shown to be more fulfilling and have more longevity than many of the other countries that are in this world. And research that friends can affect health more than family, and people with more community around them typically live longer than others by up to 22%. And it's important to have real friends and not just followers on social media. And having superficial friendships can head toward isolation, loneliness, and depression. And all three of these symptoms, isolation, loneliness, and depression, can create a less fulfilling life. And also, it can increase risk of illness. And the key is to have three or four good friends who show and love you and support you. And it's important to acknowledge what it is you can do to help your friends in these situations. But it's also important to do the things that can help your friends in those situations. Because having an altruistic mindset can create a really good karmic effect. But it can also give your friends and your family a more fulfilling life for themselves as well. So the fifth principle of Ikigai is to smile more. And it sounds simple and it sounds cliche. However, Okinawans are always cheerful. And it's important to recognize when things are not going well in your life. You don't want to create an illusion of happiness all around you when there is, in fact, parts of your life that are suffering. However, having that community around you and having that support system around you is so important in addressing and dealing with the stressful events that life has. And believe it or not, it takes 46 muscles to frown and 17 muscles to smile. So 
in essence, it requires more effort from your body to frown than it does to smile. And smiling is an indicator that something good has happened, and it communicates to others that you're friendly and welcoming. And smiling lowers heart rate and reduces blood pressure, it relaxes your body, and studies from the London University College concluded that happy, cheerful people are 35% more likely to live longer than others. So don't forget to bring a smile wherever you go. However, I would like to say that it's important to be okay when you be okay with the fact that you might not always be okay and be okay with the fact that you might not always want to smile. And even faking a smile can actually create a feeling of joy and create this sense of being able to laugh at yourself and being okay with some of the defects that you might have. And there's science backing when people have Botox or when people inject an immense amount of Botox into their face, their facial structure doesn't move as much. They are less able to smile. And what this does is this creates an effect in the person of not having facial emotions. And when this happens, people will generally come back reporting that they are feeling more depressed because they're not able to smile more, because they're not able to laugh more, not because that they don't want to, but because they physically can't. So that research shows that it's important for people to smile because it brightens people's moods and it creates a more fulfilling life for oneself. So the sixth principle of the Ikigai is to reconnect with nature. And in Okinawa, mostly everybody keeps a vegetable garden. And in these vegetable gardens, they have fields of tea, mangoes, and fruit. And gardening gives them a reason to get up in the morning because they have to maintain this garden. They have to water it. They are in charge of providing resources for the other people in the community. So if they don't care, take care of their garden, then other people don't eat as well. So getting together at a local garden and sharing food and having this big social activity creates this sense of community and being outside creates this feeling of relaxation in the people who do experience the effects of being outside. And a Harvard study stated that those who are surrounded by lush greenery live longer with lower chances of developing cancer and or respiratory illnesses. And in addition, hundreds of studies have shown that being in nature, living near nature, viewing nature can have positive impacts on overall well-being, which includes physical, mental, spiritual, social interactions. I have an entire episode dedicated on the benefits of being in nature in my previous episode, or maybe it was the one before that, I don't remember. But many, many thousands, hundreds of studies have shown that being in nature, exercising in nature, having meetings in work being outside in nature creates a more fulfilling life creates a sense of ease and calm and even improves creativity in one's life so viewing nature is naturally rewarding because it provides feelings of happiness and calmness calmness over our nervous system and in turn this translates into one having more openness creativity connection and generosity within their own lives and more than half of our population lives in cities, and we are so caught up in the rat race, and it takes up so much of our time and our energy, and it leaves us stressed, anxious, or out of touch with our purpose in life. 
and traveling to find others, change careers, and find ourselves. This creates a void that doesn't ever seem to be filled. So when life revolves around paying bills, going to work every day, buying things that we don't need just to fill that void, it creates a sense of emptiness because when one pursues things that are outside of them in all these materialistic things that our society has grown to appreciate more than finding our passion, this creates a sense of us needing to chase that thing that makes us happy as opposed to finding happiness within ourselves, finding happiness within our purpose, finding happiness within our community. So some of the ways in which people can become more connected to nature is having a house plant, whether that be a succulent, whether that be a big grandiose plant, whether that be a plant that hangs from your ceiling, having these house plants allow you to be able to take care of something that is living and being connected to this plant that you are in charge of essentially and another way to be able to connect more with nature is playing with a house pet or having a house pet understanding that animals can be one of the gateways to having some sustainability in your mental well-being and having a pet can also increase your likelihood of being more active and going outside because when you see your pet laying down all day and being bored it makes you want to have them experience life to the best of their ability by taking them to go for a walk or throwing the ball around with them and just being outside with them. So having a pet can increase your likelihood of wanting to go outside in the first place. And another way to connect with nature is eating lunch outside and just having being in the present moment and eating your lunch outside, listening to the wind blow, hearing the birds chirp. It's it's very peaceful from personal experience. I enjoy that more than anything in the world. So when it's cold out like it is right now, I get a little bit more upset than I usually do, but that's okay. And some of the other ways in which you can connect with nature are watching the sunrise and the sunset. Regular exposure to nature will create a desire to seek nature. So when you're outside more, this will increase your likelihood of wanting to go outside more and being outside and Research has shown that when one is exposed to the sun at the earliest parts of the day and the sun at the later parts of the day, this regulates our circadian rhythm, our biological clock, and it regulates our sleep patterns, it regulates our testosterone, it enhances our mood. There are so many benefits of being outside early in the day, later in the day, being exposed to the sun, getting that vitamin D that we all need to have proper bone density, muscle structure, enhanced moods, everything. So being outside is so crucial to sustaining one's own mental well-being, spiritual well-being, physical well-being. The seventh principle in the Okinawan Ikigai culture is to give thanks and to give thanks to the smallest of things whether it's their ancestors nature family things that brighten their day and gratitude has produced amazing results for people studies out of the university of berkeley in california divided participants into three groups and asked to maintain a journal for 10 weeks group one wrote 10 things that they were grateful for this past week. Group two wrote 10 things that annoyed them this past week. And group three wrote 10 things that impacted their lives in the past week with no further details. So at the end of this 10 weeks, the participants from group one 
reported feelings up to 25% happier than the other participants in the group. So gratitude can also lower stress levels and stress can contribute to heart conditions and other chronic conditions. Gratitude lends to a more positive outlook on life and creating optimism and optimism in turn increases immunity boosting cells. And some of the ways in which we can be more grateful is to have a gratitude journal and every day write three to five things that you're grateful for, whether it's friends, family, material goods, health, and having feelings of gratefulness and using practices around being mindful and having gratitude creates an abundance mindset instead of a scarcity mindset where instead of feeling like you're lacking something, you feel as though you are grateful and appreciative of the things that you already have. So being grateful creates this effect that what you have is enough and you don't need anything else to create that sense of happiness that you already have within yourself. So the eighth principle and the eighth way in which the ikigai can be pursued is to exercise. And this doesn't always mean to have a rigorous exercise routine. In fact, the Okinawans, people over the ages of 80 and 90, maintain their exercise by walking, singing karaoke with their neighbors, getting up early and tending to their gardens. So, like I said, exercise doesn't always have to be this rigorous, non-stop, high-intensity movement. It can be having flow in gardening, walking, playing with your dog, being outside. Whatever it is that keeps your body moving, slow intensity, it doesn't matter. As long as you are standing up and your body is doing something that is very important to sustaining one's own well-being. And so having access to regular sunshine and regular exercise creates stronger bones, has higher vitamin levels, and puts people in a brighter mood. And many people who don't exercise avoid it because it creates feelings of discomfort and agony. However, to maintain health, the gym isn't necessarily required. You don't have to go to an LA fitness, uh, retro fitness, planet fitness. It doesn't matter as long as you're doing something to keep your body moving. That's the best way in which one is able to attain exercise. So being able to practice yoga, going on walks, doing Tai Chi and gardening is a great way to seek that gentle exercise. And so the ninth principle in which the ikigai can be fulfilled is to live in the moment. And Okinawans are always living in the moment and maintaining their flow throughout their days. And flow is the state of being which is so involved in the activity that nothing else seems to matter. And the experience itself is so enjoyable that people will forget about the time, talk to their friends and family, and even eat sometimes. So one of the ways in which you can imagine yourself being in flow is thinking about what it would feel like to climb a mountain. So close your eyes and picture yourself on this mountain and every single movement you make matters and nothing outside of this mountain and yourself exists. So being mindful of Every single step you make, being mindful of every single clench of the mountain you grab in order to keep yourself on this mountain 
That's what it's like to be in flow, being so concentrated in the activity that you're doing that you forget about everything else that's around you. And for it to be more relatable, you can accompany this in your life when you're studying for finals, you have to crunch and you have to focus and you put your phone on do not disturb. You're so focused on remembering and retaining the information that's in front of you this is flow and flow is so important in creating neuroplasticity within your brain and neuroplasticity is essentially the rewiring of neurons and how they fire to create habits in which one can do things more automatically and on autopilot and this can create a more engaging effect in how you relate to the activity in which you are involved in in the first place so if you often find yourself out of flow some of the things that you can do are using all of your focus to be in the present moment in whatever activity it is that you're pursuing avoid multitasking so avoid writing an essay or doing some homework and being on your phone or Just turn your phone off and put it in the other room and have all of your focus be on whatever it is that's right in front of you. And this also means unplugging from any kind of social media. Again, put your phone on Do Not Disturb and just put it in the other room. It's hard. I know. Trust me. I have a phone addiction. But acknowledging this, I'm able to put my phone in the other room and focus on the things that I need to focus on. But... It's also important to choose tasks that are difficult, but not too difficult. And if a task is too easy or basic, we'll end up being bored and get out of flow. However, when a task is too difficult, this will create feelings of frustration and anger, and this will make you want to give up whatever it is you're doing. So it's really important to find something that's within our ability. However, it's still challenging enough for us to want to pursue it and for us to believe that it's attainable to have in the first place. So overcoming challenges gives us a greater reward than many of the things in our life. So flow can also be acquired through mundane tasks such as laundry, dishes, things that typically tend to bore us. We can find mindfulness in this too. And even great mind like Bill Gates washes his own dishes every single day, saying that it helps him relax and clear his mind and creates a routine, but he also finds different ways in which he washes the dishes. And he can become very mindful with this as well. So even in those mundane tasks that we might not want to do, we can still find flow within it. So one way of Attaining flow is doing these things and asking how we can become better at it and with each time creating new ways in which we can do this and creating systems for ourselves in which we are able to address this task as a challenge instead of just something that we have to do. So flow is like a muscle. The more you train it, the more you'll find flow and the closer it is that you will get to attaining your ikigai. The last principle, number 10, that the ikigai follows is to never retire. And I know that's a bold statement to make, especially in a culture that values being 65 and 
playing golf or laying on the beach in Okinawa, there's really no language. There's no word for retirement. Retirement doesn't necessarily make sense to the people of Ikigai because they all live with intentional lives. And in Okinawa, once you retire, you cease to contribute to the society and you cease to continue pursuing your Ikigai. So the idea to keep your mind and your body active is so important, not only in the culture of Okinawa, but also throughout anybody's life, really having a sense of purpose and pursuing your purpose every day can create a much more enriching and fulfilling life. So think of retirement as the ultimate destination of well-earned rest through sleeping in, going to the beach, and playing golf. All of these things, they stop your mind from innovation. They stop your mind from thinking. They stop your body from being active. So it's important to always keep your mind as active as you possibly can and focusing your efforts on making a greater life while we are still here and to keep learning to keep changing to keep growing to keep pursuing your icky guy and i want to just say before i end this podcast that however important it is to find your purpose in life and creating a more fulfilling life for yourself It's not the end of the world if you go through your life without finding your purpose. And that's an interesting statement to make after my whole podcast about finding your purpose. Because finding your purpose can create so much stress in one's life. And that's why in one of the rules, it's important to not take your icky guy so seriously. And create a sense of ease around finding your passion and allowing the spark within you to guide you in the direction in which you're supposed to be. And that might mean putting you in seven different directions, but with each thing that you choose to pursue, even if it doesn't work out, it's still putting you in the right direction of finding your passion. And coming from a person who has had many different jobs, occupations, passions, hobbies in their life. Every single thing that has failed for me personally has put me in the direction closer to finding my own icky guy. And again, it's it's okay if you don't find your purpose. Your purpose can just be being a nice person. Your purpose can be creating happiness and love for other people. And that's not valued today and it's a shame because love and compassion and empathy and understanding are so important for maintaining your well-being even physical well-being too being compassionate toward others and loving others and understanding others all of these things are so important to be a person to give thanks to the people around you and I feel like I'm talking about six different things right now, but even if you don't find your passion, that's okay. The important thing is that you put one step forward in pursuing the things that you want to do. And even if those things don't work out, it can put you in the direction toward things that do work out. You know, it's life is very 
challenging, but challenge is good. Challenge is so important in being a person. And I feel like I'm talking about things that don't pertain to the episode. So I apologize for having a raspy voice. I have a cough. I'm getting sneezy a little bit. It's that time of the year. Not really sure what's going on. But I'm drinking my tea. I'm drinking water, trying to be as nutritious as possible. And I recommend people do the same because when you try to create more ways in which you can be healthy, that will push you in the right direction of being healthy. So thank you. Thank you for your time. If you are still here, I really appreciate you. I wish to do this more. I want to do this more school and working and figuring out my life has kind of gotten in the way of me doing this and I feel as though every time I step into doing this it feels brand new to me so I'm just grateful for this outlet I'm grateful for everybody who is here and thank you I don't know when my accept so is gonna be but that's okay um November is Men's Mental Health Awareness Month, so by the end of the month, I would like to do an episode on that because that's something I'm very passionate about. Um, It is already November 14th, but we're halfway through the month, which means I have a whole other half the month to do this, so it's possible. All right, well, thank you. I appreciate you. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Thank you for your support. It really does mean the world to me. If you want to reach out to me, you can talk to me on my social media. That is Colin Weinberger, C-O-L-L-I-N-W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G-E-R. Or if you want to go on my website, that is colinweinberger.net. If you do want to be a guest on my podcast, feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram Or if you would like to hear a certain topic be discussed, you can also reach out to me through that as well. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I really appreciate you.